What are you? The underdogs. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge, Rider Dives. Sheldon, I'm going to steal your line and say this is episode 12 covering Rider Dies. Mm-hmm. Episode 238 of You Killed It. We're a little sleepy today, if we're being honest. We're trying our best. Definitely a little sleepy, but I will say you have helped already by oh, taking stop. my line of the episode <laughs> and making the line of the episode basically the first thing said. <laughs> oh, So oh. here we are. The line of the episode, Wait the name second. of this podcast. Here we go. We're pretty Sheldon much done. Alexander. We can wrap things up right now. A minute in. It's over. I, did you just give Devin, my guy Devin, the line of the episode? We'll get to this. We'll I've never this, felt so got, close to you, Sheldon. No, no, no. I, I got some thoughts. <laughs> I got some thoughts here. I mean, this is, this is a complicated episode. We do have some listener comments, though, that okay. we should get to. Because if I'm being honest, I don't know when I'm going to get to it. Um, well, also, too, otherwise. just... You know, give the give the people the info. Make sure you like and follow wherever you are listening to said podcast. Bless us with the like, bless us with the retweet, bless us with you know whatever it is. Click the button. Show that you support this. That is that you killed it podcast because we appreciate y'all. So we got a request, and like it was directed at me. So it's probably it's probably a me thing, but machete. But that's okay. felt like M I C H capital E-D-D-Y, so like Michelle plus Eddie, Machete, Mm -hmm. says, Hi, I like your podcast, but could you please stop saying that Nani is short? She's (laughs) 5'8". I'm a tall snob. Okay. And I can be the first to admit this. So that's probably on me. I I looked this up, and Machete is correct. According to all those... Uh, aggregate websites that creepily come up with people's heights and ages and like weight and like marital stats, you know, the kind mm-hmm. she's five, eight, I have to say, and I tweeted this at machete. I am genuinely surprised to hear that. She does not strike me as five, eight. And if she's five, eight, like if that's her standard, all these people are way taller than I expected. And I don't think of them as any of them as being that tall. I would question how accurate we think said website is in terms of tracking quote unquote celebrity heights yeah they're really hit or miss i don't know and like i mean this isn't a wikipedia thing but like uh as you know my cousin has a wikipedia page it's a weird humble brag and they had her birthday wrong for the longest time yeah and like it w- became like a running gag in our family that we would wish her a happy birthday on her fake Wikipedia birthday. <laughs> well played. So, so uh, like, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'll just stop making fun of Nani for being short, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I totally understand. I think that um, speaking of fake, my question to you is Love how that segue. Well, I was gonna say, like, how fake were all the hugs between Amber and the rest of the cast when they got back? Like, am I just going too hard on Amber now at this point? Or could you really tell? 
or was I just looking for something to say negative about Amber? Because I'm catching myself in the moment right now, and it sounds like I dislike Amber, but I I really don't. I think I'm more like annoyed by her. Does that make yeah. sense? Amber Amber re reminds me of like a colleague or a classmate. You're just like you could be cool if you just relaxed. <laughs> like you're you're not you're at like an eight all the time, mm -hmm. and like we have first period English class, like be a seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I also am noticing that I find Chauncey when he's not with Amber is like, much I more likable. Yeah, like that whole bit they were doing where he's like, oh, seeing you do something physical is so hot. Like it just seemed like he was saying it awkwardly. And you mean like the kisses, but I just think, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're listen, I'm not going to try to pretend to know what their relationship is like in real life, but it just kind of seems like to put on all the time. Right. Like, I don't know. I will say another listener comment. Longtime listener, Sarah says Chauncey has no personality. No way. Every time he talks, I think about how adorable he is. I can't remember the last time I saw a man on the main show, not all stars, and thought he seemed like he'd be such a normal and lovely guy to date. I will say, I do think Chauncey seems normal. Mm -hmm. I just think he's a little bland. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. I totally get where you're coming from, too. I just think that Amber... The whole dynamic between them, it's almost like they're just showing us what they think their relation, what a good relationship looks like on TV. Yeah. Or what a good relationship should look like on the challenge. I mean, you know? put it this way uh, Casey and Nani are also in a relationship and like an equally serious, although perhaps an older relationship, as mm -hmm. in it's they've been together longer and they're not so demonstrative. Like, we're not seeing these, like, conversations where, like, you know, Nani or Casey finishes a competition and Nani says, oh, my God, you look so hot. Like, maybe yeah. that's just editing. And I will True. say, to Sarah's point, like, in fairness to Sarah, maybe we're being unkind to Chauncey. Like, just like as we said, you know, Kenny was just a normal guy. And yeah. so he sort of like seems bland in comparison where like, I'm sure Kenny in regular life is just that like good neighbor, normal person, you know, valued coworker kind of person. And like, you know what? Maybe Sarah's right. Maybe Chauncey is the same way. Yeah. And just that because he is so normal, he seems bland to us. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, speaking of bland though, cause I felt not that Nelson's been bland this season, but I think if you put him on a curve yeah. from prior seasons, this would be more of his blander performances this, that we've seen from Nelson. This is right? PG Nelly. Yes. Nelly PG. Nelly PG. Um, That's better. So the reason I bring this up, though, is because we get a call from Corey. And yeah. obviously, Corey and Nelson, that's not bland at all. There's nothing bland about that dynamic no. and that dynamic on the challenge. Long way for me to go here to make that segue. But Corey and Nelson, Corey calls Nelson or Nelson calls Corey, whatever. They're having a, a video chat. And first off, as a longtime viewer of this show, it just made me smile seeing these two laugh together and joke around together. However you feel about 
the team young buck <laughs> right <laughs> it is more fun and seeing them hyped up and you know all the memories of nelson throwing himself in for Corey and all that fun stuff but in terms of this season i thought it was super interesting nelson telling Corey about what was going on in the house and how Corey was just like yo man how's everything going you got to make sure you get bananas and fessy out <laughs> right because like it's so obvious and it's funny to me that we've been discussing this for weeks about this friendship and are they really friends outside the house and meanwhile nelson's real friend outside the house is like yo man have you been trying to get fessy out yet <laughs> Yeah, you got to get that guy up out of here. He even called Fessy their enemy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what struck me from this phone call. Just off the hop immediately. Number one, I miss Corey. Okay. Number two, I thought, oh, Nelson's getting eliminated this episode. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the, as soon as there's the call home, I'm uh, like, oh, I understand. Nelson's getting the fuck up out of here. <laughs> like he yeah. is done for. <laughs> and also, too, because right after they showed a Jordan conversation, I was like, well, Jordan's not going home. Yeah. Right. Like you just got that feeling that Jordan wasn't going home for whatever reason. At well, first. At first, when like Jordan was getting a call home, I was like, oh, maybe Nelson's not going to go home because they're on opposite teams. Like, how's this going to happen? And then like when he was calling Ukraine to talk about the war, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Nelson's going home. This is showcasing that Jordan is like a complex person. Mm -hmm. And like they like to MTV's credit, to Bun and Murray's credit, they do try to uh, put a... a highlight a showcase on these pressing issues yeah and like shout out to uh jordan in real life doing things that matter although i will say i am going to call him out on this i'm not sure if you're aware of this it's really frowned upon to refer to ukraine as the ukraine yeah and he yeah. called it the ukraine i'm like ooh, jordan you've been there you've seen it you should know that they Really, Ukrainians hate it when you call it the Ukraine. <laughs> like, yeah. I can a peek behind the curtain about my job. Um, I can tell you with authority that the Ukrainian Canadian Association, I think it's mm -hmm. called, they search Canadian websites and newspapers every day. And if they see that you use the phrase the Ukraine in a story, they will contact you and like explain to you why it is not the appropriate way okay. of calling them that. Like they are on it. And for our non-Canadian listeners, there is a huge Ukrainian Canadian population, particularly in Winnipeg and the province of Manitoba. So oh, like I there is a Oh, yeah, there's a huge Ukrainian, especially in like the prairies. There's a lot of people of Ukrainian descent. Hmm. Um, but that is like the Ukrainian Canadian Association. I think that's the association's name, but they are they are on it. So I can tell you if if they're watching Jordan wisely might be getting an email or something. Yeah. And like it's always polite but firm, but they're like, it's really not cool for you to use that phrase. So mm -hmm. something for our listeners to learn about. Yeah, super interesting stuff. And you know, we also learned this about Jordan. I had no idea that this was no. a thing that he was doing. And I thought it was really interesting that they were able to highlight 
something so important and, and tell you how you can help and get involved, which, as you mentioned, is something that this show is really good at doing, as we've seen them do uh, throughout a lot of different instances, right? And then easily transition into being able to talk about whatever other foolishness is going on on the show. But carving out time for the real issues, it's interesting. I give them I give them a lot of credit. Like that's not something you really see on like Survivor or Big no. Brother or whatever, I also right? I like it because it's sort of a shout out to the roots of the show because the show, the real world, especially in its original formulations, they dealt with some real life things. Definitely. Definitely and, great point. Uh, so I, I'm glad for, that they like got in touch with that. And like, there's even later seasons. I can't remember which season, what it was called, but I know we've talked about it. It was the first time where there was a predominantly black or biracial cast mm-hmm. and they spoke about black lives matter. Yeah. And like, that was huge. Like that was great. So I'm glad that they got, um, they sort of like, channeled back into the social justice mm-hmm. side of things if not for just a two minute like little sidebar but then we had the tough transition of fessy being like so it's guys elimination mariah you're gonna help me out here and she was <laughs> like fuck no <laughs> like what's wrong with you well it's so funny how this episode ends up playing out right because he's so salty and i mean even as we look forward to next week's episode we see him still being salty, but like this moment at the beginning of the episode was so hilarious to me. Cause he's like, Hey, are you going to help me out? And she says, well, it's not like you helped me when it was girls elimination. And his response completely deadpan, not even half joking with the smirk. He says, well, you didn't come and ask me. <laughs> it's like, what (laughs) like is that honestly like you think like that is an actual answer but i guess he does i don't know i I, fessy is a very interesting dude to me i'm so confused by him but i just think that he is so caught up in fessy that he has no idea how he comes off to like real people no, I think he's really out of t- I think you nailed it on the head. He's really out of touch with how people view him, how in some ways transparent he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he often strikes me as someone who is scared. Ooh. Like Interesting. scared in his position in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. as an example, he says all episode, at least before the daily, like, yeah, we're rolling, we're winning, we're confident, we feel good. Look at that other team. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. we're going to win. Well, if that's the case, why are you asking Mariah to protect you? <laughs> True right? story. But speaking of that other team, your man's Devin all of a sudden thinks that he's like Bill Belichick or Phil That's Jackson. Right. Like That's what, right. what's, what was going on here, man? Win one for the skipper. Here we go, bud. Uh, I really see this scene was confusing to me because <laughs> by moments I was like, did production put him up to this? And mm. like, there's also a part of me that was like, 
I could not imagine Jordan being into this whole thing. Like Jordan seems just a like, let's get it done kind of guy. Like he doesn't seem yeah. like a big speech guy. But on the other hand, Jordan seemed into it. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like Devin had buy-in. I felt like he said too much. Yeah. And at a certain point it became funny, right? Like they yeah. were kind of playing it up a little, which I thought was smart to do. Because the whole thing's kind of silly, but you you need to like make sure that we're all in on the joke, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, but this all leads to this daily challenge, which at first I thought was going to be a lot harder than it yeah. appeared to be. But also, even without that, I just think it became like that's one of those things where it looked really hard, but it was probably way harder in reality. And then the swim at the end of the day is just, whoa, like that challenge looked super dope. Yeah, it looked really good. I'll tell you, before it happened, I have this in my notes. I'm going to put it out there. I wonder if Tori and Anissa will throw it to help out Devin. Oh, that was the first thing that crossed my mind because I was like, hmm. huh? Who would they be protecting on their team? Not really anyone. Like, I don't think they dislike Bananas or mm -hmm. Nelson. or And, like, they have, I think, mixed feelings about Fessel. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, huh, I wonder if that's I mean... in the offing. Well, we're going to we're gonna <laughs> circle to that. And, like, I also know that this season, among our valued You Killed It listeners, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting a reputation for being a bit of a conspiracy theorist, a little okay. suspicious of how things are going with production. Okay. But I have to bring to your attention another John who has bought into conspiracy theories. Johnny bananas tweeted last night, a Ooh. video Ooh. of the shot of Horacio and Jordan going into the, uh, the hundred point square. Yep. And he says, there's a 0% chance Jordan hit the target. This just confirms what we saw from the shore. Literally the only pair we didn't get a bird's eye view shot from the chopper splashing down. I can't imagine why. Wow. So, hold on here. Here's my question to you. Is there a chance that Bananas is just trying to throw us all off the scent? Uh, I mean, because that's possible. What I'm saying is, if you're Bananas, right, you see the chatter. You know yep. that everyone thinks that you're in on this whole thing and, you know, you get a lot of help from production. And so now to counter that, you're going to put this out there because – I'm not saying that there's not truth to this, but to me, watching this episode, watching this daily challenge and how it went, I too was questioning not whether like whoever hit the targets or whatever, because like couldn't really tell. But I was questioning the fact that it was within two seconds of each other. Yeah. And because we'd have no idea, right? Because you can edit it however you want to make it look as fast or as slow as you as you want my thing was just kind of more so 
what are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what are the chances that, 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 you know, you'd have two teams do something so elaborate, right. That have all these people swimming who are at varying degrees of swimming ability. Then add in the fact that one person was going back and pushing people to swim faster, that this would all just come down and be so close. What are the chances of that? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm also skeptical um, that it was really within two seconds. But I also do want to say this part, though. Okay. Does it matter? No. Because I think of it from a production standpoint. I was like, oh, like so excited as they go to break, right? So like I'm looking at it from a production standpoint, like, yeah, you did your job as a producer and made it more interesting. Who cares if it's a lie or not? And then two, as a viewer, it worked on me. As a viewer, I was watching and I was like, oh, wow, really? Okay, well, who won? You know, because if you like, what's the point in saying, well, this team won by 25 seconds? Yeah. What does that do? Who's going to call you out and say that you're wrong? No one else has a stopwatch to be timing it. No, and we don't have, like, we have no frame of reference. Mm -hmm. I will say that it makes sense that six people would finish something faster than eight people. And (laughs) that (laughs) the uh, Fessels team made a conscious decision to not help everyone get back quickly. See, I thought they were going to make a way bigger deal about that. Yeah. The fact that he asked Bananas and Bananas was like, no. I thought they'd make a way bigger deal about that, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to use that as a reason to try and throw in bananas. Oh, intriguing. That's that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought when they highlighted the fact that Fessy's swimming back with bananas, and he's like, hey, should we go help them? And bananas says no, but then Fessy does. I thought later on, on their team, they were going to use that and be like, hey, well, bananas you didn't want to help everybody and literally the other team helping each other is the reason why they won Mm -hmm. so i thought they were going to use that as an excuse to throw bananas in but that was not the case which i mean we'll we'll get to it but well i mean we can get to it right now the underdogs win the the renamed team mariah's team is now known as the underdogs Mm-hmm. In part because of Devin's speech, <laughs> where he's called them all dogs. Yep. Um, and so Operation Save Chauncey is a go. <laughs> and my man's Devin. Come on, man. Holds up a sheet of paper that explains Operation Save Chauncey, which I liked because like he's working with some dumb people, and I think a visual aid is helpful for them. like held it up for the camera and basically operation save chauncey it's straightforward the idea is to save chauncey and that is based off of really putting fessel and nelson in against each other yeah and banking on the fact that if johnny bananas is going to save anyone it's going to be chauncey if it comes to dagger pull and chauncey would likely save bananas if the dagger was in the other hand yeah i thought they did a really good job of explaining just how this was all gonna go down to because like to me it seemed obvious right but of course like we're watching the show differently we like kind of have an idea of 
the inner workings of how this stuff normally plays out. So of course you're going to shoot your shot. Like I didn't doubt that Fessy was going to go in and I didn't doubt that he was going to go in against Nelson. Like that's just kind of the most obvious thing to do. In fact, I'm more shocked when the opposite happens, which, you know, Fessy and what they decided to do weeks ago, which yeah, is a, a hot button issue at this point, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying they set it up perfectly. And in that conversation that Fessy and Nelson were having <laughs> in which I found so funny because they're talking about the possibility of them having to go in against each other. And Fessy says, I don't want to be the one to send him home. It's like, he didn't even have the possibility in his mind that like Nelson could beat him in anything, which is so funny because the elimination could be anything, but Fessy being Fessy, it like I, doesn't even enter his mind that there's a chance that he could lose to Nelson. I think it's so funny that you pointed that out because in the interrogation, Fessel says, like, yeah, I'm going to, anyone you put me in against, I'm going to rip their head off. And in my head, I was like, what if it's a puzzle? <laughs> like, right? how do you rip someone's head off in a puzzle? And right? like, I think Bananas, I mean, Bananas definitely could have beat Fessel in a puzzle. Chauncey, probably. Nelson, yeah. maybe. <laughs> like who knows right it's a crapshoot and also although Fessel I think is stronger than uh, Nelson Nelly's definitely the fastest person in the house mm-hmm. so what if it's a speed thing like what if it's a footwork like there's so many what if it's a balance thing like there's so many possibilities but Fessel has clearly just worked on the assumption that he's always the biggest and strongest and being the biggest and strongest wins at everything. Yeah. But I will have to point out, Sheldon, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily get you drafted to the NFL. No, it's a different level. There's levels to this ish in the wise words of Ricky Rose. Um, But I think that the thing I found interesting was that it was so obvious and smart gameplay move by Bananas and Chauncey realizing that, you know, it's better to have each other's backs as opposed yeah. to trying to make some like backroom deal with Fessy and Nelson being like, hey, well, you know, like it'd be a really good idea if we, you know, and try to play both sides. It was just smart to have it all on the table in terms of this is how it was going to go, which is why to me the whole um, Devin thing was so unnecessary, right? Like it was just Devin doing too much yet again. Cause it's like, this is not that complicated. You obviously throw in Fessy, right? And that's just what it is. You throw in Fessy and you let the daggers play out how they will. But at the end of the day, you want to save Chauncey. It's for the betterment of everyone on his team to have Chauncey be the one that's safe. And if Nelson goes home, well, cool. Nelson's a strong competitor. If Bananas goes home, well, as Devin said, he has seven rings. So it was just so obvious, but his whole thing. And, and why does he need to have Amber on his side? Like, who cares about Amber? Um, I have to say, I don't want to shock you. I'm going to defend Devin here. Uh, what? I, I no. know. I know. I think that the problem is some of the people in this house overthink things and just a little. And two of those people are Amber and Mariah. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to give 
these people structure mm. to help them okay. through and like to to you know give them what they need to get where they need to go to the correct mm. answer and yeah. and also i mean we're about to get to it but there's some other wild cards in the house yeah so okay there's a lot going on here and i think that jordan had a really good episode and i'm probably like alluding to someone that i think could be in contention for winning the episode but just the things that jordan was pointing out i found very interesting like him pointing out that in their limited amount of time that they had power devin was already taking charge and trying to be like you know scheming like way too much and way too hard i thought that was interesting and a great observation by jordan mm -hmm. two I also want to say that I think that if you look at Jordan's perspective, the whole Jordan and Tory thing, to me, it seems like such an interesting thing where Jordan and Tory have been in this like long sorted relationship on this show. We all know that this has happened already. We've seen it. So now when they're talking about it and they're kind of tiptoeing around the fact that you know, this thing happened with Fessy and we don't really know how Jordan, well, we know that Jordan isn't a fan of Fessy. We know that Tori, I mean, she tried to tell us early on in the season, Tori tried to tell us that she's not a fan of Fessy and it was such a huge mistake. But then now all of a sudden we're in this position where Tori is now defending Fessy, but she's not even really being honest about it or not being like upfront about it or not really um being like she doesn't just put it out there like she's kind of tiptoeing around this and i found she never that says part his name. weird but i found that part weird like i didn't get it like all we know about their relationship from on the season right is that it started with tori telling us about how fessy was a walking breathing mistake or whatever the quote was then we saw one conversation between the two of them and then now Tori's trying to make it seem like Jordan is only safe because she talked to Fessy and allow and Fess, convinced Fessy to save Jordan. Which that's not how I saw it play out, but that's how she was trying to make it no. a very, very awkward thing. I don't understand it at all. So there's two things. Like, I think the timeline's important here. Fessy approaches Jordan and mm -hmm. gets Jordan to basically agree to not, yeah, to call a truce and to not put him in, which I guess is fine. The first thing that I thought that was like, okay, Jordan will vote for Nelson. Nelson will go in. Mm -hmm. You still have a, uh, two out of three chance that either Chauncey or Bananas pulls the dagger and Fessy's going in. Yeah. So like, okay, it like marginally reduces mm -hmm. Fessel's odds of going in, but like, you gotta do something. Okay. And then I gather an hour later, Tori approaches Jordan and basically says, if you put in Fessel, it'll look bad on me 
and you because it'll look like you're doing it out of revenge for me and Fessel having hooked up eight months ago or however long ago it was. Yeah. And like Jordan takes great offense to this and reads it as like it'll end their relationship, which has already ended. Like he's already hooking up with Nerese. Yeah. And I mean, he says to her something I thought that was very important. He says to her, why would uh, something that happens in a game interfere with our heart and how we actually feel about each other in their relationship? Yeah. Which I believe is true, first off, even with all the stuff that happened with Nerese. My issue here that I still don't understand is why is Tori all of a sudden defending Fessy? Like, why does she want to save? Like, she, like, her saving Fessy is obviously just for selfish reasons because Fessy's on her team, right? Like, that's the only thing it comes down to. Yeah. So, the part I don't understand because Jordan explained this. So, the, there's a there's a conversation with Jordan and Devin, where Jordan again, great observations throughout this whole episode. He's talking about how they should put in Fessy. And he says, if you go into enough eliminations, you will lose. And Fessy yeah. just hasn't gone into enough eliminations. Now, I will add on to that. The majority of times that we've seen Fessy go into an elimination, it's been on his terms. Meaning, yes, it's been he seasons chooses. where you yeah, you get to choose when you're going in. You can pick your spot to get in terms of who you're going against, what the elimination is, etc. And so I agree with Jordan here. You take your shots when you can get them. The fact that Fessy had his chance to do that a couple weeks ago and didn't is on Fessy. Like we already acknowledged last week that Fessy and Nelson screwed that up, right? When they didn't put in Jordan and Devin against each other and instead they wasted who was it that went in? It was Kenny and who? Kenny and Chauncey? No. Who did Kenny uh, go Horatio. Horatio. Sorry. Right? But like, we've already established that that made no sense. And that was just bad gameplay. And, you know, did Tori have something to do with that? Yeah. But I also think there were other people on their team that were also invested in saving Devin and Jordan, namely bananas. Yeah. Right. But like just yeah. other people who, who had that in mind as well. And also Anissa, right? Like there are other people involved in that decision. So I, I say all that to say, what is Tori doing? I'm just super confused here doing too much award. And maybe this is just being partners with Devin. That's rubbing off on her a little too much where you're trying to be like some mastermind here of the challenge. And you're literally going to Jordan to tell him, hey, don't put in arguably the biggest, baddest competitor there is into the elimination. And also the guy that I hooked up with on national TV after I broke up with you. Forget about all of that and don't put him in just because. Like, there's no actual reason mm -hmm. as to why. Like, because he'll look bad? How does he look bad for throwing in Fessy? That makes no sense. That's the right gameplay. Yeah. So what I was struck by all of this was how people weren't on the same page. 
Like yeah. Devin and Tori are super tight. They are each other's ride or dies. And yet you, you've got Devin telling Jordan Fessian. Like, let's let's get this. And like Jordan agreeing. Like Jordan and Jordan said that Devin was doing too much, but they were in agreement of like what the destination was, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Fessy asking Devin, or excuse me, asking Jordan to not put him in. Yeah. Which Jordan basically agrees to. He says no guarantees, but like he basically agrees to. And then an hour later, Tori asks Jordan to not put Fessy in. And yeah. like on so what one thing we should clarify was, though. Yeah. One thing we should clarify. Jordan did say to Fessy no promises, but he did mm-hmm. say that he was not going to say Fessy's name. Which I think is yeah. an important distinction because if there's one um, important factor here, it is that he said he didn't guarantee him that he wasn't going in, but he guaranteed him that he wasn't going to say his name, which he then does because of Tori. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, but I just want to make the point that, like, why are Devin and Tori not on the same page about whether or not Fessel should go in? Well, this is what I'm saying. I don't understand what Tori's actual mo is and what she was actually trying to do because the other thing is was jordan the swing vote i don't think he was it was pretty (laughs) handily like settled and also the other thing is why is tori an hour after fessel has basically accomplished what she wants coming back around to seal the deal doing too much yeah. Like, is she genuinely thinking that people at home are going to think that Devin threw in Fessy just because him and Tori slept together? Like, I didn't, I don't see, I didn't see that as a reason to throw in Fessy, right? Like, I thought the reason to throw in Fessy was because he's the best competitor, like the strongest competitor, and you don't want to go against him in an elimination. So, no, when you can avoid that scenario, you try to make that be a thing. So I thought that was weird, especially after Jordan told us, and we don't know the timelines, as you mentioned, but in terms of how we've seen it in the episode, Jordan told us, hey, Fessy just hasn't been in enough eliminations. You got to give yeah. that opportunity a chance to play out. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um, what did you make of the actual like process of all the votes? Because so Jordan, they ask first. Who is he voting for? I don't remember this being a thing, but did they do the votes exactly like this the week before? Where like every person got a chance to vote? They did, right? Okay. Yeah. So Jordan gets to go first and he gives his whole speech about how his honor and he doesn't go back on his word. And he he then says so unnecessary. Well, the unnecessary part to me, especially after considering the beginning of the episode that you would, you know, and the timelines of it again, who knows when he did this, but the way that the show is edited together, you can't have Jordan at the start of the episode talking about all the work that he's doing in Ukraine at the beginning of the episode. And then at the end of the episode, have him make the analogy of he doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. To me, that's just a bad, like, like I know what he's saying. I get that. It's like a saying, 
I understand it's really all that. inappropriate though. It's inappropriate. Exactly. That's what, that's exactly my point. It's just inappropriate. And I'm not being the woke culture, like, you know, like, Oh no, no, no. like I'm not offended. I'm not saying anyone is offended by it. I'm just saying it looks stupid, right? Yeah. That you would have. It's like, a really poor contrast. Yes. Yes. Right. And I'm not saying that again, I'm clarifying this because I'm not saying that I'm offended. I'm not doing the whole too woke thing. That's not what I'm doing. I just genuinely think that it looks stupid for you to be referencing, you know, Ukraine early on and referencing an actual real life war. And then later on in the episode, making the analogy of you negotiating with terrorists in a game of the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's just me. And you- no, it's not just you because I'll tell you, um, it's I was taught like in journalism school that it's when you're writing a sports story, like there's a term that's thrown around a lot in like Canadian hockey circles where they talk about whenever the Leafs play the Senators, they call it the Battle of Ontario. Yeah. Whenever the Flames play the Oilers, they call it the Battle of Alberta. That's in some circles frowned upon because. Yeah we have colleagues who are covering honest to God battles. Correct. So like you don't call a hockey game a battle because, you know, like not so much in my current office, but in my old office, we moved a year ago. uh, Our uh, war correspondent who'd been in Afghanistan was sat like 20 feet from us and had a flak jacket hanging from when he'd covered, uh, he was in Afghanistan and the APV ahead of him exploded. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't throw around terms like terrorism when you have just been talking about actual war. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's about being woke or politically correct. It's about contrast and perspective. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And like his, so if we, if we awkwardly segue to the actual like game portion of it and what he's saying in terms of, you know, remove the terrible analogy. And w- if we just leave it to him talking about Tori coming to him, trying to get him to not say Fessy's name. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is the actual reason for no. him picking Fessy in, or is it just a convenient excuse? I, I think two things happened. I think that he doesn't want to admit it, but Jordan is, a, is really hurting. And when Tori stepped up to try to defend Fessel, it just, it hurt him more because it made it seem like there was more to her past with Fessel than maybe there was. So I think he was really hurt, which is why I think he used such really strong overreactive language. And I also think that he knows that throwing in Fessel is the right choice. Yeah. And that he should not have made that commitment to Fessel. And also he might be doing a solid for Mariah because this is the other interesting turn of what ends up happening here. Because as the picks go around or the votes, pardon me, it goes to Mariah and she has a chance to tie up the votes because if she says, well, if she says Fessy's name, he's automatically going in. Right. Mm -hmm. If she says Nelson's name, it becomes a tie. I actually agree with her yeah. in what she says because she said she decides to burn her vote, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And she votes for Chauncey. 
But if we break it down, I think she's actually right. She says she doesn't know what would happen if it's a tie, which in if you've watched the challenge for years and years and years, the rules differ every single year yeah. in terms of what happens if there's a tie and you cannot come to a decision. We've seen times where TJ has said, all right, you guys need to decide right now. If you don't decide, one of you guys are going in. We've seen TJ say, if you guys can't decide, then I'm going to decide and I'm going to pick who's going in. We've yeah. seen all kinds of things. So I understand her not wanting to tie it up because she's she doesn't know what would happen to her team, which is already at a deficit. You can't risk it. So I get that. But then on top of this, she says, well, she's not going to say Fessy's name. And then Fessy told her to not say Nelson's name. Yeah. So if you're Mariah and if you're just voting in general, you are going to end up burning your vote anyways. Yeah. Right. So Fessy getting mad at her and saying like, oh, you don't, you're basically putting me in by burning your vote. Well, you already knew that she wasn't going to vote for you. And you told her to not vote for Nelson. So by default, you're telling her to vote for either Chauncey or Bananas, which is a burn vote. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I didn't understand Fessy's whole, like, I didn't understand Fessy at all. I'll just say that and leave it there. Well, again, I think it speaks to the fact that Fessy doesn't really understand the game. Yeah. Like, he... he for whatever reason, can't quite get the subtleties of it. Like he is forever thinking that basically might makes right and being the strongest and best is the way to go. And he is forever like, you know, talks a big game about how like, whatever, I'll just go and smash whoever. And like, we're, my team's never going to lose. Yeah. But then, you know, for a guy who's super confident that like he can just destroy whoever, He's doing a lot to keep himself out and to keep his friends out. Yeah. No, for sure. For and sure. like, and like if we contrast that to someone like Jordan, who at least when it comes to competition is super confident, Jordan will just be like, yeah, okay, like let's get down to work <laughs> and like yeah. does it. And like as someone who else is like that is like CT. CT's at a point in his career where he doesn't talk shit he's just like okay like i'm going in but this is also to me a huge sign of fessy not fully understanding the game because if you mm -hmm. played it out you had to know that they're gonna want to put directly in him or nelson like you have yeah. to know that especially when the other people voting like nani's not gonna pick nani's obviously gonna pick one of you guys yeah right nelson or fessy um Amber is obviously going to pick, you know, like the way that it plays out, it's so obvious. So for you to tell your partner that you can't pick him and you can't pick Nelson, like what else did you think was going to, I don't know. Anyways, why am I trying to break down and get into the mind of Fessy? It doesn't, wow. it just doesn't make sense. So Fessy ends up going directly in. Then we get the daggers and bananas picks first again, but this time, he picks the wrong dagger. Okay. I want to ask Conspiracy John what he thinks about this because obviously we've talked about Bananas having the hot hand and picking the safe dagger all the time. But in this instance, he doesn't pick it. 
but also he's in a pretty good spot because the person who picked it second just happens to be on his side. Yeah, I, I, as soon as that happened, like when they announced, all right, Johnny, you're up first. I was like, okay, like I see how this is going to play out. Yeah. But then he did not pull the safe dagger. I mean, maybe production felt like two out of three odds is good enough for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worth noting that, of course, they had him pick first, Chauncey pick second. So, like, the odds were still, like, stacked in their favor. Better put, stacked against Nelson. Yep. Um, I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, This elimination, this, I thought, I thought that they made this elimination in a setup to have Nelson go against Fessy. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like other than Bananas, other than maybe Horatio, I feel like everyone else would struggle at this. No? Yeah. Like this was an extremely difficult challenge if you are not like super strong. Yeah. And that's where I kind of look at it and I'm thinking, okay, well, is this just production maneuvering to keep like – not because you didn't know who was going to win. Like you didn't know if it was going to be Nelson or Fessy, but you knew that one of them was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was geared to keep one of them safe. I would love to know this. And I don't know if, you know, this has ever been talked about publicly, but I would love to know when they decide what the elimination is going to be. Like, do they decide that after you kind of have an idea of who might be in the elimination Do you decide it? Like, is it already all mapped out beforehand in terms of, well, for episode this, we're going to have, this is the daily competition. And then this is the elimination, you know, like how far out in advance do they decide? Because again, I'm looking at watching this whole thing. I'm like, I felt bad for Nelson because he might win this against anyone else, but Fessy, but also like how many other people could have completed that? Cause Nelson gassed out on this. Yeah. This was really, really hard. It was super hard. And I don't want to say there was no strategy to it because there was a little bit, but it really did just come down to endurance and strength. Mm-hmm. And playing to Fessy's part of the pun, strengths. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, Fessy did his thing. He wins. He's kind of playing it calm and cool as if it was no big deal. Um, I did like, I know I said earlier on that my line of the episode was the first thing he said on this episode, but I, I did appreciate banana is saying that Fessy is good of getting out of tangled situations, tangled webs, <laughs> but normally it's a web of women. So that might help him in this. I, I did appreciate that. Um, bananas one liner as he's so he's known for, right? But this was a pretty easy dub for Fessy, no? Pretty easy. It was it was neck and neck in first, but you already said it. Nelson gassed out. <clears throat> it seemed like the house was divided as well. Like people mm-hmm. were shouting out to help Fessy. People were shouting out to help Nelson. I feel bad for Nelson. He sort of got caught I up felt in this. So bad for Nelson. Yeah. And and I also thought like Nelson had an opportunity to throw Fessel in earlier in the season, and he didn't take it. Mm-hmm. 
And just like, I mean, we were critical of Nelson at the time, but then they were on the same team. So like, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but like it, it's a sliding doors moment. Like what would have happened if Nelson had not done that and had thrown Fessel in? and maybe Fessel would have come out. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Like should Nelson have partnered? Cause you think about who Nelson was aligned with in terms of Jay yeah. and Fessy, not necessarily the best people to be aligned with because they both, the way that they, their gameplay, like Jay's gameplay was just messy, right? Jay and, uh, Michelle's gameplay was just super messy. So to be aligned with them was not a good look, especially when their next alliance was with Johnny, who was super messy as well in the house, right? Yeah. So that was just bad, um, bad alliance building by Nelson. But then add in the whole Fessy angle, and it's like you have to know that if you're aligning yourself with Fessy, and the other team has a chance to shoot their shot, they're going to put you in against them. Yeah. Right. And so maybe that should have been Nelson's tell that, you know, at the time you should probably take your shot at Fessy because I still think that he would have taken the shot at you if it came down to it. And in fact, even if that's not the case, he's already done it. I also, um, you know, in terms of like something that I think we really need to point out is that when Fessel's team won, they only strengthened Mariah's team, right? Like they got rid of Kenny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, losing Narice, I think, was a blow. Like Narice was yeah, smart. She's really and, good. She was really good. But when the underdogs finally won, they pitted Fessel's arguably his two best players against each other. Yeah. And got rid of one. Yep. And now it's seven people versus six. And, you know, losing Nelson is a blow. And I'm just, I'm curious to see what happens next. Like this was, this was a really sort of like intricate episode of the challenge. Yeah. Where like, you really have to know all the personalities at play. You really have to know who's, you know, everyone's history and stuff, but it was just, it was really interesting. Totally agree. And I, I want to emphasize the point you made earlier. Like I did feel bad for Nelson. I really did. And he did have a really good season. Him. I think Norris helped him a lot. Obviously he ended his streak. He ended his long losing streak of daily challenges. Um, Nelson seemed to be pretty calm and cool. He only had like one time where he kind of was on the edge of breaking down when he was talking to Devin and getting frustrated in a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a really good season for Nelson. It was funny because he he gave the emotional speech that like you see on um, like American Ninja Warrior or something, you know, or like mm-hmm. some fake like, you know, end of the Rocky movie type speech. Like I thought he was going to yell at one point, anything is possible, (laughs) right? Like, but Nelson has kind of just turned into that figure. And I think it seemed really genuine when he talked about everything. Like I'll I'll just say right now, Nelson killed it for me in this episode, even though he's going home. I think it's more so like a seasonal thing that I'm giving it to Nelson here, but his, what he was saying when he was talking about, how the challenge, like everything the challenge has given them, right? And how 
even with a lot of mistakes that Nelson's made on this show and in public and in behind the scenes and Nelson's been through a lot, but watching him this season, it seemed like he actually grew up. If that made sense. Yeah. He wasn't messy with his relationship with Olivia. That was pretty, you know, I know he didn't vote for her once, but that's gameplay. There's no, it, like it was her thing. idea. Like, no, no, no. The idea. other time. Remember oh, the other right. time where he, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, there was no like beef or no drama or him trying to be messy, fessy, you know, and, and trying to juggle multiple girls or anything like that. Like he seemed pretty just straightforward Nelly T. And I think he had a really good season, which bodes well for him going forward. Um, I think his big, biggest mistake was just choosing the wrong alliance. He probably should have tried to align with Devin and then, you know, play it out from there. Yeah, he should have. I think been more strategic in yeah his initial alliances. I mean, it's, it's it's sort of implied from the conversation he had with Corey that he should have like their game plan was oh Fessy's on the season, get him out. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who killed it for me this week, and it's a little off the board. Okay, I think Johnny Bananas killed it. Oh. Okay. Because Johnny Bananas, I don't think he would have won that elimination against either Fessy or Nelson. Agreed. I'm not sure he would have won it against Chauncey. Agreed. I think we're seeing Johnny Bananas playing a slightly different version of this game than he used to. Mm -hmm. He is being much less hands-on. He's taking a bigger backseat. He's almost following CT's game plan of like, I just got to get to the final. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to lay as low as I can. And, you know, like, I think it would, I mean, and this is sort of damning with faint praise, but I think it's critical for Johnny to stay out of eliminations. I agree with that. And he had a very subtle touch. He didn't, unlike Devin and certainly unlike Jordan, Fessel, or Tori. He was just like, he had basically one conversation with Chauncey and that set things in motion enough that he was, had the best possible odds to not go into elimination. No one was even really talking about him. He didn't even get a burn vote thrown on him. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just nice, clean gameplay. And uh, I respect it. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, my dude. Right there with you. Um, where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Of course, another reminder, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, blessed with the like, blessed with the retweet, blessed with the share, tell your friends, anyone who enjoys the challenge. We'd love to bring you into the community and discuss our favorite reality show. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. And have a happy new year, Sheldon. And to all our listeners, have a happy new year. You as well. And until the new year, <laughs> this was You Killed It. You killed it.